0: everybody. The music fades. That's the cue. We go back to our seats. (laughs) It's good to see everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody well? Everybody good? Aren't you thankful for the sunshine? Woo! Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. We need, need some more of that. Praise God. How many of you are ready for the word of the Lord today? Ready to get into God's word? Let's open up our Bibles this morning to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to continue with a series of messages that we've been involved in that we just call Forward. And um, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about prayer and how prayer creates space in our life for God to move. And um, really appreciate those of you who joined this morning at uh, 10 o'clock for the prayer rally that was in here. Uh, It's good to see you guys. And uh, glad, you, glad you remembered and came. But that's every Sunday at 10 a.m. Um, for, for prayer. And uh, for those of you, uh, I won't ask for a show of hands, but for those of you who remembered and, and fasted and prayed this last Wednesday for a meal and prayed for our next generation, thank you for that. Uh, we are uh, just praying and believing for big things to happen in the lives of our young people here in our church, uh, in our school even, in, in this city and community and around this country. Uh, for God to move mightily. How many of you believe God can, can do great and mighty things? Yes. Amen? Believe that. Well, you know what? It, it requires that we also pray and we petition and we ask the Lord uh, himself uh, to come and to move, and he hears our prayers and, and moves on our behalf. Well, listen, let's get into the word this morning, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. We're actually going to be reading that's a prayer that Paul wrote and he actually prayed. Uh, for the believers in Ephesus, Ephesians 1.15 says, "Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, how many of you think that's a good thing to be heard about? When people think of you and think of us, it's a good thing to be heard and known about that we love Jesus and that we love people." Amen. That's a great thing to know and great thing to have about us. He says, when I hear that, he said, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he is given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Verse 19, it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor At God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Who is he talking about? Jesus. That's right. Not only in this world but also in the world to come. Verse 22. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. And has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, and it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. What a prayer that Paul prays, that he prayed and that we can pray. Now let's pray over this word today. Father God, we're thankful for today. We're thankful for the life you give thankful for the church you provide us and how and have us set in and be a part of. We're thankful right now your presence is here. We're thankful God for your word that is a light unto our path, that lights up and keeps a way before us that shows us the way in which our lives need to go. So today, speak to us, enlighten us, give us revelation and open our eyes and our understanding to understand and to know you more, and all the things that you have prepared for us to do for you. We honor you and we thank you now. Holy Spirit, come and help me preach this in the way in which it needs to be done, that we bring you glory and edify the people. For your name's sake we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today marks four years uh, since we made the pivotal and God-ordained move from North Parkway. Can you believe that four years ago? It's crazy. Four years. My first sermon that day, anybody remember that first sermon? Oh, I know you. It's only four years ago. I'm sure that you remember it, right? My first sermon from four years ago on that day was called Burn the Ships. Nah. Yeah, now nah, it's ringing a bell. Burn the Ships. It was really based on about not going back. It was really... Uh, set upon and really focused in on about looking forward and moving forward in, in the future of what the Lord has for us as people and as a church body. It was about coming out of darkness and despair and looking forward to the purpose and the destiny that God had created us for. Um, and now over 140 sermons later, we're here today. It's crazy. I preached over 140 ser- Sunday sermons. uh over the last four years. We moved here about four, we moved here four years ago for really kind of three main, main reasons. First of all, it was God-ordained. Secondly, it was a stewardship-oriented decision. And, and thirdly, it was a, uh, about being more ministry-minded. We saw how really the Lord really in, in inspired and set everything in motion. We had uh, unity and agreement of leadership, unity and agreement of membership, uh, we kind of had this motto at that time and really still have today and embrace today that our mission is not to save a building. Our mission is to save people. You believe that still? Amen. And we knew that we needed to be able to operate as a church to have more room and more space uh, marginally, uh, not be, to not be crimped by anything, whatever it might be, that we needed to have more space to operate as a church so that the ministry and the function of this church could flourish and not be held back by anything. And the same goes for our own individual lives. We don't want to be held back by anything. We sing a, a song this morning, God break every chain that can hold us down and hold us back. God wants to see his people free. I mean, Amen? God wants to see us liberated. He wants to see us walk in victory. He does. He wants to see us live a free life in Jesus Christ. And so... Those are just some of the background things to the reasons we, we moved uh, just four years ago uh, this Sunday. And re- I just kind of, looking back, I really attrib- attribute the good things, the fruitfulness, the productivity, the success of everything thus far really to three things. One, first and foremost, to a gracious God. So God, I thank you for giving us a place. I thank you for providing uh, an opportunity for this church to be able to gather every week. I know there's a lot of work that goes into making it happen, uh, people arriving early, setting up and tearing down, but honestly, I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank all of you who helped make this church what it is, and I thank God for giving us this place and allowing us to be here in this time and this season. Secondly, I, I really say it's more about also about just having good stewardship good stewardship so to the leaders of our church and a part of the team that helped me lead and guide and shepherd this congregation thank you uh for that thank you for helping to make wise choices good decisions That's not just based on one thing or another but collectively as a whole i'm thankful for good leadership amen you should be thankful too for good leadership because there's a lot of churches that don't have good leadership believe me they exist and i don't know why And lastly, I want to say thank you to a giving congregation. Thank you, church, uh, for being faithful, for being obedient to the Word of God, for honoring the Lord with your tithes and your offerings and your giving and your generosity. Uh, So thank you. Uh, And I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. Pastor Lindsey mentioned it earlier in the worship time of our offering. But I just want to say it again. Thank you, church, for continuing to do what God has called you to do. And um, thank you for being faithful to that. And, um, and so those are just some of the things. How many of you are thankful for, for what God does? And how many of you are thankful for the types of people he puts in our life that helps keep us in balance and help keeps us in check and help just kind of keep us in, in the right place, if you will, of, of life when it comes to serving the Lord and following him? And, you know, we've, over, the, over the last four years, we've, we've gotten a, a lot healthier and stronger in quite a few different ways. Uh, financially, organizationally, directionally, and spiritually, overall, uh, we've gotten gotten a lot healthier in those. I call those pillars, uh, if you will. It's those four pillars that really help. Uh, I think any church, uh, especially our church, that that those are the. If those things are healthy, if we're healthy financially, if we're healthy organizationally, if we're healthy directionally, if we're healthy spiritually as a congregation. Then that. Well, then that allows the gospel and the Great Commission to flourish in the life of our church. Because those are the two main things that we're called to be about, the gospel and the Great Commission. And those things affect, and those things change, and those things are are, are, the, are the difference makers in life. And as a church, that's what we're called to be about, the gospel and the Great Commission, of course, as we are a part of this wonderful gathering called New Life Church. But, you know, as far as we've come, I also know, I know... We, uh, we, we are not where I know God is calling us to be. We've come a long ways. God has done some great things. But I know this is not all there is. I know there's more to come. I know there's greater salvations to come. I know there's more disciples to make. I know there's more people, uh, more lives that, that we're called to, to make a difference in and that we're called to continue to carry this thing forward. And so I know as far as we've come, it's awesome. I thank God for it, but I know this is not all there is. God is calling us to go even more forward in what he has for us. Amen? And so that's what we're talking about today uh, in this series called Forward, and we're looking at some things. We're going to start first by taking a short uh, glance back to last year and um, now I I, every every so often we try to show you some of the financial numbers and things of the church now this is not a business meeting if you're here new today this is not a business meeting we don't do business meetings we just this is just part of our church part of our family and we like to like to showcase and forecast things because I believe in credibility I believe in being honest I believe in being truthful Uh, and so that's why we have got a bunch of folks around me that, that don't let me lie and won't let me steal, won't let me corrupt, won't let me do any of that kind of stuff. All right, so you should be glad for that, and and I am too, because that helps me love Jesus even more. But listen, I like to show these things, not because we have to, but because I like to, okay? Uh, so let's let's take a quick look back at last year. We just kind of group our main overall b- Numbers of income and expenses into three, three main big categories, if you will. Operations, which is facilities, ministries, and the personnel of the staff, etc. Uh, of what came in, 84% went, went there last year. Missions, 11%. That's pretty cool. Savings, 5%. And debt reduction, it's all gone. Praise God. All gone. Yeah. Amen. It's a game changer. When debt's removed. And uh, so I, I praise God for that. Now, really kind of what all that means is this right here. We'll, they're going to go through several uh, slides. It's just going to showcase ministry and missions highlights. And out of that 84% up there at the top, 38% is what really went to ministries and missions. So that's, pretty, that's a pretty good chunk of change that went to ministry. First and foremost, obviously, we're debt-free as a ministry, as a church body. Praise God. That's nice. We baptized 10 people last year, ages uh, 8 all the way up to 60 years old or older, so that's awesome. Uh, it's good to see that. I think that that represents salvation, Okay, if you want to get excited about that, when someone gets water baptized. That means somebody got saved. That means somebody gave their life to Jesus. That means somebody said yes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we get to witness that and partake of that and baptize 10. By the way, we're going to have baptisms coming up again in April. Uh, I think it's April 22nd, so that's all set, April 22nd. We're going to have water baptisms coming up for that. So if you've not been baptized and the Lord's moving in your life and you want to get water baptized, all you've got to do is just let us know, okay? And we'll make sure that happens. Uh, we also added new members to the church last year. That's a good thing. People want to join this congregation. People like us. People are called to us. So thank God for that. New members were added to our church last year. We dedicated three babies last year. How neat is that? That's a good thing. When parents, moms and dads are saying, Lord, we want you to lead our household, and we dedicate and we give all of us to you. So that's pretty exciting. Last year also we had the largest participation of NextGen for summer camps with over 40 students going to summer camp last year, from our youngest all the way through our high school ages. That's a pretty big number uh, for our size, and so that's pretty awesome. It's our biggest one yet, and they're expecting even more this summer, so that's exciting. We continue to make disciples uh, last year through our, our weekly gatherings here on Sunday morning, our Wednesday evenings, through the various fellowship groups that we have, from single moms to senior adults to families to women to to men, all of those different life groups or fellowship groups that meet at different times throughout the year, we're contributing to making disciples. We also, last year, we contributed to building a health clinic for some of South Africa's poorest through First Love Missions, uh, Greg Evans, so that's exciting. He's going to be back with us in April, going to give an update, show some pics. And, and, and really kind of get to see the progress. The clinic is built, the clinic is open, and it's serving the people uh, who need it there in, in South Africa. Last year, we also helped to equip and empower Native American pastors and church leaders. We educated the children uh, there on the Apache and the Navajo Indian Reservation through Outpost of Freedom Missions through Rick and Susan Bennett, who were just with us a couple of weeks ago. Now, at any time, if excitement overtakes you and you want to clap and thank God, I don't have a problem with that, okay? Because this is pretty pretty big deal here. Last year we donated 2,000 pounds of food along with other items and gifts to Rifa, Arm, and the Bridge to help with food, clothing, and lodging security. Yeah, this this church, you, we did that. It's awesome. We contributed to the Dream Center building campaign, assisting them to... That's exciting. Come on. Go ahead. Get on in that. Go on and get on in there to help we uh, assist in restoring broken lives and helping them to carry on with what God has. And I'm excited that we get to continue to play a part in that. Last year, we contributed to the Gideons helping to blanket this earth with the Word of God with Bibles. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the right side, my right side, your left is like more excited than the left side. No, I don't know what that's about. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, let's see if we can't rub off across the board here. Uh, last year, we served and donated resources to Eden of Youth Town. Yeah. And out of that, we helped lead four girls to Christ. Yeah. Maybe they can come and get baptized here or something. That'd be pretty cool. We contributed to... Hurricane relief efforts through Samaritan's Purse, Church of the Harvest, that's right. And at Christmas, we visited shut-ins and disabled individuals and families through our cookies and caroling night. That was exciting. That was fun. We blessed many individuals and families through our Christmas blessings, showing the love of God through Christmas gifts, through food and financial gifts this past Christmas. And really, there's this—the uh, list kind of goes on and on. There's so much more uh, things that happened that were not really organized as far as somebody saying, "Hey, let's do this." It was the people of God, you, doing something and making a difference and making life change happen for somebody else, showing and sharing the love of Jesus. Now, I think all that's pretty exciting, pretty big because uh, it tells us that we're being true and we're being faithful to what God has called us. That's a, that's a good thing. If you ever want to check mark yourself, check yourself against what God has called you to do and see if you're on target, see if you're on purpose, and see if you're on mission with that. And I believe this is just a testament that, that we are. And, um, and it's exciting because I know we're not like huge and large in numbers, but, man, we are making a huge and a large difference around the world, all around the world and right here in our own city, right here in our own community, helping so many different people out and helping them to know Jesus and to uh, have and find their purpose. Now this year we'll take a quick look at 2018 the projections for this year, same type of category, uh, almost similar numbers with facilities, ministries, personnel at about 84%, missions at 10 and savings at 6. And and all this really is just to go to say that we want to be continue to remain faithful to our vision. We want to remain faithful to that, to being a Holy Spirit-filled, multi-generational, multi-racial church that makes devoted followers of Jesus Christ through the gathering, through the gospel, and through the great commission. Amen. How many of you want to continue to be a part of something like that? That's this church. That's New Life Church. That's you. That's me. That's all of us together on board and on mission with what God has called us to do. And we're going to continue with that. Now, really kind of sum all of that up in, in, a, in a word called stewardship. Now, I'm not here to talk about money per se today. This is not a money message at all. Stewardship really is about trusting God by being obedient to the principles of His Word. You see, when we're faithful with whatever God gives us, then He can trust us, and He can trust us in a a way that He can give us more, not for ourselves, but so that we can continue to be a blessing to other people. That's how the kingdom dynamics of this whole thing work. So really, stewardship is everything. Stewardship is our life. Stewardship is our time. Stewardship is our energy. Stewardship is our money. Stewardship is our family. Stewardship is, is our marriage. Stewardship is, is our children. Stewardship is our work, our school. Stewardship is, is all of our life. So Stewardship is not really a money thing. Stewardship is a life thing. And when we become and as we aim to get get better at being healthier stewards of our life overall, guiding and directing that in the way that God says to do it. So trusting Him and obeying His principles of His word, stewarding our life in the direction God has us moving in, then what we're able to do is then actually move at the pace that God sets. That we don't have to run in, in the rat race of this world to try to stay up and to try to keep up, and to try to compare ourselves with the Joneses. If you're the Joneses, I'm not talking about you, but you get what I'm saying. The, the Bible is very clear and tells us all the time to not compare ourselves amongst one another, to not measure ourselves against other people, but to see ourselves in the mirror of Christ and his word, and to put ourselves up against what he has said, the life in which he's called us to live. Because it's crazy to try to keep up with everybody else, right? It's crazy to try to mirror what someone else is doing unless what someone else is doing is loving Jesus and living the humble life that he's called us to live, to serve other people and to help other people. Amen? And so stewardship really is that. It's about having this healthy understanding of how we are called to oversee this life that God has given us. Anybody following me so far? Are you with me? A few of you? Okay. So here's the thing. I've been thinking a lot about forward, and I've been thinking a lot about how our lives are called to move forward, advance forward, look forward, and, and different things to that nature. And I created a little acronym for forward. You may like it. You may not. If you don't, don't tell me. That will hurt my feelings. But forward in, in, this, in this acronym, faithful, obedient, relationally connected, Willing, available, righteous. Not the 1970s term, righteous. Righteous as in right standing with God. Disciple, I'll say it again, forward, faithful, obedient, relationally connected, willing, available, righteous, disciple. I kind of look at that and you put all those terms together together. It puts our life in in the right position. That if I'm faithful to the Lord, I'm obedient. If I'm relationally connected to the church and to the right people in my life. If I'm willing to do what God says. If I make myself available to Him. And I live as the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus then that is a disciple. That is someone who is going to follow and be devoted in following Christ. And I really think Paul's prayer here in in Ephesians chapter 1 really kind of really hits all of that. Let's look at it again. Verse, Verse 17, Paul says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, not just anybody, not praying to anybody I'm praying to God the glorious father of our lord jesus christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight in other words revelation so that you might grow in your knowledge of god for any one of us to ever say yes to jesus then that means jesus that meant jesus had to be revealed to us our eyes had to be open not just not the natural thing of seeing but inward in the spirit of us I had to see, and be re- that had to be revealed. He had to be revealed to us. And Paul says, look, I've heard about your love of Jesus, and I've heard about your love of everybody else and the people, and I don't stop praying because what you need to understand and what he's praying is he said, I'm praying that you will continue to have revelation so that you can grow in your knowledge of God. Not by show of hands, but just inwardly answer this, this question. Are you satisfied in the knowledge you have of God so far in your life? Now you might be thankful and grateful for but are you completely just satisfied to the point of, yeah, I'm done, this is all there is. I've experienced it all. I don't know that there's anything else. Even the late Reverend Dr. Billy Graham, 99 years old, just passed away. It was said in one of the different interviews about him, I think his son Franklin said this about his dad. He said, his dad said, I, son, I don't, I don't even know it all. I don't even know all there is to know about the Lord. But one thing I do is I trust him. I keep trusting him. Now, come on, if someone like that, 99, preached to 200 million live people in person at over 185 countries, and who knows how many more heard on the airwaves and the radio waves, He could admit that, hey, there's still more. I don't know. Then I think we could be honest to say, yeah, there's more. And so Paul's praying, hey, I want you to move forward. I want you to advance in him to steward your life in the way that God says to steward it. Then you got to grow in the knowledge of God. And first and foremost, I think we need to understand this, is to grow in the knowledge of the love of God. First and foremost, knowing that God loves you. God loves every single one of us. Every single one of us. God loves you. God loves you. And it's my prayer, the prayer of the Apostle Paul, it's many of our prayers that we would grow in the knowledge of God's love. Because sometimes when you go through some difficult things or you come through some, some challenging setbacks, kind of wonder sometimes about some things. But never doubt God's love for you. Never doubt God's love for you. But also we need to also pray that God would give us revelation that we could grow in the knowledge of the purpose of God for our life. Because God loves us, He created us and He calls us, but He also gives us purpose. We're not called to just sit. We're not called to occupy a chair. We're not called to stay at home. We're not called to just do one thing. We're called to live for the glory of God, and that involves knowing what you're created for, knowing the purpose you have. So you pray, God, what's my purpose? Pray, God, what have you created me for? Right, we're, we're, God, I want to grow in the knowledge of the purpose that you have for my life, because I know whatever it might be, it could be, it's always going to be better than what I could ever dream up for myself. There's purpose for you, God created you with on purpose, and God created you with purpose. The enemy and the devil would like to try to get you to doubt that and get you to think, man, whatever issue or, dis- or disturbance or disruption or bad thing has happened in your life, try to get you to doubt that God loves you and, that, and to doubt that God has a purpose for you. No, there's purpose in the Lord. And we need to believe and pray, God, show me, why am I here? Why am I here? What do you have me here for? What is my purpose? And guess what? He will show you. He will get you connected to the right people. He will put you in the right location. He'll get you in the right setting. And he'll get you in that place. And he will begin to speak to and show you. It's never too late. Never too late. Some of you might think, man, my, my, Vardy, my, my time is over. I kind of already let all that kind of go. I've kind of missed my opportunities. And I want to tell you, the devil is a liar. You could be 85 and still walk in the great purpose of the Lord for your life. So growing in the knowledge of the love of God, growing in the knowledge of the purpose of God, and also growing in the knowledge of the nature of God. That we need to grow in the knowledge of God's nature of who He is. You need to understand and grow that He is good. That He is faithful. That He is merciful. That He is kind. And that He is also just. His justice is perfect. And so we need to grow in the knowledge of God's nature. And especially in these day and times to know that God is still good even when life is not. Right? God is still good, even when life is not. Because if we're not careful, if we doubt that, what happens is we allow depression and oppression and sorrow and grief and all those things to take their toll on us, and the enemy would be completely fine with that. Get us to doubt that God is not good anymore, because when you don't believe God is not good anymore, then what else are you going to do? So we need to believe and pray, God, open my eyes. Let me see, let me know that you love me. Remind me of that, that you love me. And, and, and the thing about it is it, we can often we can forget sometimes the greatness and, and the, the vastness of God's love for us because we can get caught up in a lot of different things in this world. We can caught up, get caught up in pursuing the wrong thing. We can get caught up in uh, ambition and drive and, and again trying to keep up with such and such and so and so or whatever it might be. And the thing about it is it can cause us to forget God loves us and that His purpose is pure and His purpose is right for us. Amen? And so we, we need to continue to, to look at that in the way we live our life, the way we look ahead, the way we make decisions and make choices, make it based on first that God loves you, secondly, God has a purpose for you, And thirdly, you need to grow in the knowledge of the nature of God. He he is good. That he is good. And he goes on, verse um, 18, he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand with the confident hope that he has given you to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Pray your hearts will be flooded with light. God, flood our hearts with your light so you will flush out darkness. You'll flush out deceit. You'll flush out sorrow. You'll flush out the pain. You'll flush out the wound. God, flood our hearts with your light. And the reason he prays that is so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to you that he has called. And he says about this, about us. We are his holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. God thinks a whole lot about you. God thinks a whole lot about you. You are His rich and His glorious inheritance. So therefore, life is worth the living because of who God is and how God's view of us is true, that we are His rich and glorious inheritance inheritance. When you see yourself as God's rich and glorious inheritance, here's the thing, we will not give time or attention to the wrong things in this life. We will not give devotion to the wrong person. We will not give a piece of our heart to the wrong person. We will not give our money to the wrong cause. We will not give our time to the wrong thing. We will not give ourselves to the wrong thing. When we see who we are in Christ, that we are his rich and glorious inheritance, then we will make sure with every fiber of our being that we give ourselves wholly and completely to him and we do it with confident hope. We do it with confident hope. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. No darkness, no deceit, no discord, no dissension, but with light. And as it's flooded with light, then you begin to see and know that you live life with a confident hope. That no matter how dark some days might be, no matter how despairing and discouraging some situations might get, I live with confident hope because my hope is not in myself. My hope is not in a person. My hope is not in this economy. My hope is in God and in God alone who holds my life and who holds my future. So where is your hope today? Where is your hope? We don't hope like the world hopes. The world hopes like, man, I sure hope my job gets better. I sure hope my boss doesn't come, hard down, come down on me hard. I sure hope my kids don't talk back to me tomorrow. I sure hope whatever. No, our hope is in God and in His truth, and we need to learn His truth, apply His truth, and we we will begin to see the truth of his word come to pass in our life. And that, therefore, gives me hope confidently. Amen. And then thirdly, verse 19, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Now He expounds a little more on this one. Because this is really where it all lies. I pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe in Him. If you believe in Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus, then you have access to the incredible greatness of God's power to be at work in your life. For that, and that alone, man, should remove all fear and all worry and all anxiety. Etc. etc, etc. Fill in the blank because of his incredible greatness, the incredible greatness of God's power. And he goes on to talk about this power. He said that this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. That happened, and we're going to celebrate that in about a month as a church collectively that we call Easter. It's a reminder of the resurrection of Jesus. And he, Paul says that same power, that incredible greatness of God's power is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Power. Power to heal. Power to save. Power to deliver. Power to redeem. Power to reconcile. Power to restore. Power to change a hard heart to a soft one. Power to take a situation that looks bleak and turn it around in a good way. Power, the mighty power of God. He said, I pray that you will understand this incredible greatness of God's power. Church, oftentimes I think we live too many days forgetting how incredibly great the power of God is. We put too much trust in man. We put too much trust in what a person can or can't do. We put too much trust in what, uh, in what anything on this earth has to say about it. And here's what uh, God has to say about it. He said, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, it seated Jesus in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. In the place of honor at God's right hand. And now here's what he says about him. He says, now he, Jesus, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Jesus is far above. I like that. He doesn't just say barely above, kind of above, maybe above, a little above, but far above. Jesus is far above any authority, any ruler, any power, or any leader on this earth or in the world to come. There is nothing, there is no one, there is not a thing on this planet that is bigger and greater than Jesus Christ. So, so I pray that you understand this incredible greatness, the, same pa- the greatness of power of God, that Jesus is far above. He's far above anything. thing. He's far above your spouse, he's far above your children, he's far above your employer, he's far above your employees, he's far above your mortgage company, he's far above your landlord, he is far above your doctor, he is far above sickness, he is far above sin, he is far above disease, he is far above it all. Where is our hope? Where should our hope be? Where should we grow in the knowledge of grow in the knowledge of God's power? the incredible greatness of God's power, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your dilemma is, wherever you're confused, whatever seems to be hard-pressed against you, Jesus is far above it. Not out of reach, not out of context, not out of the loop. It's just His power is greater than anything on this earth. And he says, God has put all things, verse 22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body and it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now I know a lot of times we don't really like and enjoy being under authority because we don't all like having somebody tell us what to do, right? Right? But as we live our life under the authority of Jesus and continue to make him head over our life, it's for our benefit. This is for our benefit in verse 22. Christ is made head over all things for the benefit of the church. The church is us, the people of God. It's you and me. Look to your neighbor and say, it's you. Look to your other neighbor say, it's you. Talking about you, yes, you, all of us, the body of Christ. And as we live under the authority of Jesus and we make him the head over our life, then it's for our benefit. And part of the benefit on down in verse 23, it says he makes us full and complete. He makes us full and complete. He puts us in in, in the right condition for life. Now, if we don't, don't want to steward our life in the direction of God, then guess what? There's no, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of possession. There's no amount of achievement. There's no amount of anything and anybody that can bring fullness and completeness to us. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And when we throw ourselves into his lap, and we throw ourselves into his arms, and we place ourselves at the foot of the cross, and we let Jesus take up residence in our heart, and we let the power of Christ... The, the, the power of God that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead will begin to work in us and live in us. We'll grow in who He is. We'll become who He's called us to be. We'll live this life that He's created us to live. And we won't be ashamed. And we won't regret it. He makes us full and complete. God's power. God's authority in, in Jesus Christ frees us and liberates us, but it puts us in the position of living full and living complete. Meaning, I don't look to this world and anything in it to satisfy me. I look to Jesus to satisfy me. Now, is it nice to have the right companions and the right people in our life? Absolutely. 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 But inwardly, who do we depend on? What do we depend on? How are we looking at this life that we've been called to steward? What are we seeing? What are we thinking? What are the attitudes of our heart? What is the mindset of our brain? Paul says, I pray pray for you constantly that you'll get this. Grow in the knowledge of God. That you'll understand the confident hope that Christ brings and who He is. That you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power at work in your life. Because that is what breaks every chain, and that is what breaks every cycle, and that is what destroys every stronghold that the enemy would try to entrap us with, and that we Try to get us to believe it's growing in the Lord and it's about stewardship how are we living our life are we aiming to live our life by trusting God and being obedient to his word or are we the kind of people who wants to call our own shots figure life out all by ourselves, and just kind of do what we want to do I've been there done that and that life is awful that life is miserable that life never satisfies that life never fulfills because even on my darkest day god is still good even in my deepest of sorrows god still brings healing even when it is even when it is glooming in my life, I know that joy is going to come in the morning. If I will just stay with it, if I will just keep believing, if I will continue to put God and His, at His word and trust Him in His word, He always comes through. And my life can keep moving forward at the pace that He sets for us. Amen? Amen. Listen, we're going to get ready to come for communion. I'm, I'm done. I want, I want your life to move forward with, with Christ. I want, I want all of our lives to move forward in Christ. I want this church to advance in what God has. Can we stand to our feet?